here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I want to thank all the wonderful hosts, all my dear friends who filled in the last two weeks. At the end of the program, I will explain to you why I was not here. I can assure you I was not on vacation. And I want to thank all of our sponsors and affiliates, and most of all, all of you. I am blessed to have you in my audience, and I want to thank you. As I say, I'll discuss it uh, at the end of the program. Uh, I've been observing what's been taking place, obviously, the uh, past few weeks. We've talked about what's been taking place before the past two weeks. This election is so consequential because it's about you. It's not even about the president. It's not even about the Republicans in Congress. It's about you. What kind of country do you want to have? I cannot believe that we will allow these rogue leftists to control any part of our government. I want you to think about this. We're unmoored from our constitutional system. So our governing document, our constitution in many respects, has become irrelevant. So we have to decide now if we want to live in at least a relatively free country. We have to decide if our children are going to live in a relatively prosperous country or whether they're going to be swamped with debt that destroys the economy and destroys their futures. When you look at what the Democrat Party is offering, there are no moderates in the Democrat Party. There are no centrists in the Democrat Party. I'm not talking about some of you in my audience. I'm talking about the leadership. I'm talking about the people who want to be president. They out-radical each other. They do not have any fidelity to the rule of law, the Constitution. None. You hear talk about how they want to destroy the Electoral College, yet now you hear talk about how they want to double the size of the House of Representatives. Anything. The ends justify the means. Sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities are illegal, and yet there they are. 500 of them all across the country. We have a caravan of illegal aliens trying to get into this country. The Democrats are rooting for them. Billionaires on the left are funding them. These people literally want to destroy our culture, our civil society. They've done a, a, a magnificent job and have gone a long way in destroying our rule of law and our constitutional system of the last more than half a century. The issue is, what kind of a country do you want to live in? This isn't a game. It's not politics to you and me. It's liberty and tyranny to you and me. We have people who've gone to war to fight so you and I can live in a constitutional republic and be treated as individuals. And we have young people overseas in one hellhole after another doing exactly the same thing. Meanwhile, back here, we're confronting a bigger evil, one that challenges the fundamental principles of this society, our foundational principles. They reject them. Now, if we don't vote in 15 days, this is on us. 
It's not even on the Republican Party. It's not on the president of the United States. It's on us. The detestable, poisonous, ideologically left media. It's not even their fault. It's ours because we know that they're the detestable, poisonous, ideological left media. Many people say this is the most consequential election in history. It's not the most consequential election in history. It's the most consequential election of modern times. There's no question about that. None. So this is about you. This is about what kind of of society you want to live in, how you want to raise your family and children and grandchildren. What kind of government do you want? Because, because we are unmoored from our constitutional system, it appears that Congress and the bureaucracy and the courts are free to do whatever the hell they want to do, which was never supposed to be the way that it is. Never supposed to be the way that it is. Now, we've been listening day in and day out about this this. Uh, commentator this opinion writer i'm not sure what he is really contributor to the washington post who is allegedly and i believe he was brutally murdered by the saudis in their consulate located in turkey in istanbul now that's unbelievable that they would do that i have been off the air For 11 days, more than two weeks, I've been off the air. And the Washington Post, and the Washington Post dares to write an article last week, a news article by Robert Costa and another person, trying to use the the murder, the assassination of this individual as a way not only to trash the president of the United States, but to trash conservatives who are out there whispering against this guy. They're out there whispering against him. And my name appears in the article. Well, how could my name appear in the article when I wasn't even on the air, when I posted nothing on social sites, when I wrote nothing, when I said nothing? How is that possible? Because it's character assassination. The Washington Post, Robert Costa, and the other reporter, and unfortunately my computer is going bonkers, or I'd read it to you. They talk about, and I paraphrase, a number of conservatives, including CRTV, Conservative Review TV, founded by Mark Levin, and they go on to cherry-pick quotes from an individual, And we have scores of individuals that work for CRTV. They don't work for me. I'm not their editor. I'm not their managing editor. I don't even manage CRTV. I believe in it as an alternative to the Washington Post and the rest of them. Strongly believe in it. And my show, Levin TV. I'm responsible for what comes out of my mouth, for what I write and say. But they brought me up. They brought me up in the context of this article. And then the article, because they have a, uh, a service, a wire service, or a purchase service, Washington Post, where their articles go all over the place, my name starts showing up in all these sites, these news sites, and rather than even say, founder, one of the founders of CRTV, Mark Levin, they start quoting me. 
quoting me is making comments about this this fellow who was assassinated at the consulate. And I never said a word. They put quotation marks around words and assigned them to me. And not a single one of these news outlets will correct it. Not a single one of these new outlets will apologize for it. And what happens down the road is people take what they write and then put it on Wikipedia or repeat it when they write another article about me. They've done this before. You look at Wikipedia now, I have like the longest entry in American history. Because the Media Matters types, the Think Progress types, the MoveOn.org types, all the leftists go on there. Wikipedia, which is a bastardized encyclopedia site, they go on there. They allow these people to cherry pick. They allow them to put on there. They don't lock it down. You will not recognize me. But I'm absolutely silent for over two weeks. And they put words in my mouth that I'm part of a whisper campaign against Khashoggi. It reminds me of what took place in March 2017 when I took the actual news reporting by news outlets, McClatchy, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and other sites, so-called legitimate news sites, I lined them all up, eight or ten of them. And I pointed out, holy mackerel, look what they've done to Trump. Look what they're trying to do. Look what the FBI is doing. Look what the intelligence services are doing. And it helped trigger what became these investigations into what the FBI and the others were doing. I didn't make up these stories. They wrote these stories. I just put them together. They wrote these stories because now we know senior people the FBI were leaking to the media. Senior people in the intelligence services were leaking to the media. And the media, as stenographers, were writing what the leakers were saying. I just happened to notice it and put it all together. What they were trying to do is take out Trump, take out individuals in the Trump campaign, take out individuals in Trump world, do whatever, whatever they could to push this, this conspiracy theory about Trump and Russia collusion. And I lay it out. Next thing you know, right-winger, conspiracy therapist. And it goes on and on and on. They repeat each other. They regurgitate each other's words. This isn't a media in this country. It's a joke. It's a joke. 50 years from now, hopefully, depending on what kind of a country we have, they're going to look back on CNN. They're going to look back on MSNBC. And even the New York Times and the Washington Post and all the rest of them. This will be the new period of yellow journalism. Their hate for Donald Trump. Frankly, their hate for you is so obvious. They're so completely out of the closet now. It is the new period of yellow journalism. Anything flies. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh was involved in gang rapes every weekend for 10 weekends. And the media ran with it. You have an accuser who doesn't have a single shred of evidence. Dr. Ford. Treated with mittens, not kid, with mittens. You're not allowed to say a word about her credibility. She had nothing on Kavanaugh. Zero. 
And the Democrats and the media were prepared to throw due process out of the window. The presumption of innocence out of the window. They want to throw the Electoral College out of the window. They want to destroy the House of Representatives. They want to impeach after the fact Kavanaugh. And while they're at it, they're thinking about impeaching Clarence Thomas. They want to completely ruin the Supreme Court and the entire federal court system, which is bad enough. That's what this election's about. Are you going to stand up to these totalitarians? Are you going to stand up for your country? Are you going to stand up for your constitution? Like so many generations before us did? Look at your children. Look at your grandchildren. Are you going to fight for them? All you have to do is get off your ass and go vote. And bring five or ten people with you. If you bring five or ten people with you, or if you make sure... The conservatives in your family, in your neighborhood, your colleagues, vote. We will crush them. We will crush them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. time you heard a Republican candidate talk about capitalism and how humane capitalism is and how capitalism creates wealth and how capitalism creates jobs and how capitalism improves the quality of life of the vast majority of people who live under such an economic system. I hear this guy Gillum running in Florida. Now he's pretending not to be a socialist. He used to be a socialist. He was a Bernie Sanders socialist. Now he's running as uh, a, uh, a as mashed potatoes, basically. He's running as mashed potato mush. And of course, the media let him get away with it, trying to paint DeSantis as some kind of racist, which is disgusting. Meanwhile, Gillum is this new, you know, candidate and. He could be the first African-American elected in Florida. How come they don't talk about the first African-American who might be elected from the Senate in Michigan? John James. Where is he in the media? Where is he in the national media? This guy is great. Unlike Gillum, he served his country in combat. Unlike Gillum, he actually created real businesses. He's a capitalist. Unlike Gillum, he really is uniting people. And Gillum gets all the attention. Why? Because he's a left-wing stooge. That's why. A word that he used during the debate. Stooge. But John James running for the Senate in Michigan. How much time does he get on CNN? How much time does he get on MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post? Zero? This guy, Beto O'Rourke. His name's not Beto. His name is Robert Francis O'Rourke. He's Irish. So he runs as Beto because he wants to lie to the Latinos in Texas... Well, they used to call me Beto as a kid. Great. They used to call me Marky as a kid. My name's Mark. So he runs around with this name Beto or Beto. When his name is Robert Francis O'Rourke. Robert Francis O'Rourke. It's another one. Mashed potatoes. Absolute mashed potatoes. Another hardcore leftist. Bernie Sanders type. And they lie. And the media helped them lie. He's running against a guy of principle, of substance. 
Ted Cruz, but they'd love nothing better than to take Florida and to take Texas. They take Florida. They take Texas. We can't win. Hello, America. We can't win. These votes are important. They're important for you. Every one of you listening to me in Texas and Florida. Do you know why Florida's prospering? There's one reason why Florida's prospering. One reason. They can make all the arguments they want. There's no state income tax. People who retire in New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, all across the eastern seaboard in New England, they move to Florida. They move there with their pensions. There's no state income tax. And many of them vote Democrat. Many of them vote Democrat. Not all. Those of you listening to me, you're solid, but you know what I mean. Many of them vote Democrat because for them it's inconsequential. They figure they still will get a no state income tax. They'll still have their pensions. Nothing will be a problem. It's so irresponsible. It's so piggish. It's, it's so outrageous. They will destroy Florida. The people of Florida, you want to be destroyed? It's in your hands. People of Texas, you want to be destroyed? It's in your hands. We have very few states left where there's actual actual capitalism being practiced. I'll be right back. With the daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Just in time for Halloween, the Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi nightmare continues. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Here's the truth about most home security companies. They're like dealing with another bad cable company. You spend hours waiting around for technicians, hours on the phone to get questions answered, and then when you're at your limit, you remember, I'm locked into a three-year contract. If you're looking to protect your home and family, go with Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe is real, comprehensive protection, beautifully designed to look good in your home. And using it makes your home safer. Simply Safe has backups in place to keep you safe. Protecting your home even if you lose power or internet. That's all true. Let's see here. And if someone attacks the system, well, best of all, you get 24 7 monitoring. 
with police and first dispatch and fire dispatch for just $15 a month. And unlike other home security companies, Simply Safe has no long-term contract. It's the best around-the-clock protection you can find. Get a 10% off Simply Safe today at simplysafe.com. Simplysafe.com. You'll also get free shipping and free returns. That's simplysafemark.com. Simplysafemark.com. And you'll get 10% off your Simply Safe home security. Now, you've heard me talk about it before. You really ought to do it now. That's simplysafemark.com. All right. Let's see here. So these elections, you know, uh, people say, well, we've got to protect this and protect that with Trump and so on. And I agree with that, by the way. I agree with that. But you need to look at it maybe a little differently, too. You're trying to protect yourself, your way of life, right? You're trying to protect what belongs to you. Now, let's see here. Let me give you a perfect example. Cory Booker. I know Cory Booker is not relevant in the sense that he's not up in the midterm elections, but this is the mentality. This is the the kind of thing that they want to do, the kind of thing that they're thinking about. And uh, here we have from Vox, V-O-X. America has a massive growing racial wealth gap. Now let's stop right there. What does that mean? We have all but open borders. People are coming into this country. Most of the people coming into this country illegally are not coming from Switzerland, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, and so forth. They're coming from south of the border. The vast majority of them are considered Latino. And the government makes people fill out forms, even if you're an illegal alien. You you check the form, who you are, what you are, and so forth. And they make estimates about how many people are here. So let me ask you this. The 20 million people who are here illegally, are they included in this wealth gap issue? I'm just curious. How is this configured? Well, it really doesn't matter. Because that's not the point of this news article. The point is to support a left-wing agenda. You know, when the nation was founded, as a matter of fact, before the nation was founded, the pre-revolutionary period into the revolutionary period, we didn't have a media per se, but we had a limited number of newspapers, really around three dozen, across the British colonies. And we had pamphleteers. That was their form of social media, if you will. And the information in these papers and these pamphlets were a mix, a mix of news. And much of the news was old by the time it it would reach certain parts of the uh, wilderness in this country. And opinion. But the vast majority of it was pro-colony, pro-America. That was the point. That was the purpose. Nobody wanted to read stuff or pass along information that trashed their own society. It doesn't mean they weren't taking a critical eye to events that were taking place. But these people, early on, understood liberty better than most of our neighbors and fellow citizens do. 
And early on, early, early on, you had to get permission from the governors of these colonies, most of whom were, you know, installed by the Brits, to write something. So they they started to do these pamphlets to get around all that. One of the earliest printers, not the earliest, but one of them, was Benjamin Franklin's brother, and then later Benjamin Franklin. This whole idea of freedom of the press, where did it come from? It came from them. Those white slave owners. Although Franklin never owned slaves, but you get the point. That's where freedom of the press came from. Freedom of the press and freedom of speech were synonymous. And they were promoting a republic. They were promoting individual liberty. They were promoting private property rights. They were fighting the opposite positions and viewpoints. They were fighting them. Almost every day when you read a so-called news article, it's trashing our country. Now let's go back to the first sentence of this piece on Vox. America has a massive growing racial wealth gap. Let me ask you a question. Then why do people risk their lives to come here? Because that sentence is telling you that America is racist and there's not equal opportunity in America. That's what that sentence is telling you. Why do people of color, a.k.a. non-whites, why are they flooding into America? Why are they leaving Guatemala and Honduras and Mexico in one country after another in Central and South America? Why are they leaving one country after another on the African continent? Why are they leaving one country after another in Southeast Asia? Even China. Why are all these people coming to the United States if there is a massive, growing racial wealth gap? There's no opportunity for non-whites? Is that it? One of the problems we have in this country... Thanks to the left, whether in the media or entertainment and elsewhere, is a lack of promoting assimilation. A lack of promoting assimilation, learning English, learning American laws, learning American practices, embracing American culture. I mean, after all, you came to the United States to escape the culture of your birthplace, right? Isn't that what a refugee is? Isn't that what an illegal alien does? Otherwise, why come to America? And America, you see, is so racist as a country that, as Barack Obama and Joe Biden used to say, by 2044, white people will be in the minority. They're so race-obsessed. Well, if America is so racist, why do Americans allow that? Because America as a country is not racist. That's why. People should be encouraged to embrace capitalism. They should be encouraged to embrace entrepreneurship. They should be encouraged to embrace the private sector, the profit motive, creativity, productivity, rather than government, government, government. Because the vast majority of people do not succeed. By getting a government check. 
it destroys them. It destroys initiative. It destroys independent thinking. It destroys the human spirit, which is exactly why the left pushes it. So let's go back to this story. America has a massive, growing racial wealth gap. Now, for the left, of course, that means more government, more redistribution, higher taxes, more regulation, you know, in more, in more, in more to government. It goes on, the median white family today holds nearly 10 times the wealth of the median black family. Senator Cory Booker is introducing a bill aimed at closing that gap. Well, that caught my attention. His idea is to give lower-income kids, kids, a sizable nest egg, nearly $50,000 in some cases, that they could use for wealth-building purchases like a down payment on a house or college tuition. Did you hear this? Were you familiar with this? These, they call them opportunity accounts. They don't call these Marxist accounts. They call them opportunity accounts. What theoretically, now this is the article. This is the news article. It doesn't say that it's an opinion piece. These opportunity accounts would theoretically make sure all children have significant assets when they enter adulthood rather than just those who grew up in wealthier homes. Sounds cool, right? Equality? It would be a dramatic change in our country to have low-income people break out of generational poverty, Booker said in an interview with Vox. We could rapidly bring security into those families' lives, and that is really exciting to me. Now, there will never be any discussion of where this money comes from. Never. Nobody cares. What kind of taxes will have to be increased? Who cares? What kind of additional debt will have to be accumulated? Who cares? None of it matters. We're talking about equality of results, economic equality. We're not talking about liberty. Don't confuse us with liberty. Don't confuse us with markets. Don't confuse us with opportunity. No. Don't you see? We have a racist country. We need to take money, give it to poor people, poor kids, up to $50,000, so they can move into the middle class, you see. It's that simple. Why didn't I think of this? Why didn't anybody think of this? These are opportunity accounts, after all, ladies and gentlemen. We're coming into the, the modern era, the modern, modern era, I guess. Economics don't matter. Debt doesn't matter. Tax rates are irrelevant. We need an opportunity account. Up to $50,000 a kid. What's the big deal? And while we're at it, free college. And while we're at it, free health care. And while we're at it, open borders. And while we're at it, Why don't you destroy the country? We're the richest country on the face of the earth. We're even our poorer people live better than most poor people in the rest of the world. They don't have local, state, and federal 
welfare systems, food systems, housing benefits. They don't have them in these other countries. We have them in this country thanks to the productivity of individuals who get up every morning and go to work and come back in the evening and contribute to society. Why do we spend all our time attacking the people who create wealth, who create this magnificent society, who build things, who produce things, who make it possible for people who don't even do those things to have some form of material wealth, food, clothing, and so forth. You kill the golden goose. You will not have those golden eggs. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you need to do more than just vote. You need to take five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people with you, or you need to make sure they vote. Or this is your future. This is your future. And I'm talking to all people, all income groups, all races, all religions, all genders, and so forth. This is your country, too. What makes this country different isn't opportunity accounts. What makes this country different isn't government centralized health care. What makes this country different is individual liberty. That's what makes us different. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, my producer was such a fan of my X-Chair, we finally decided it was time to get him his own X-Chair. And he loves it. Mr. Producer and I are different heights, different weights. Yet how the X-Chair conforms to each of us to provide the same unbelievable level of support and comfort. He's physically feeling the difference, less pain, more energy, better focus, and so forth. You need to feel the X-Chair difference for yourself. If you want to see how beautiful this amazing chair is, just go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com to see the numerous models that they have, all kinds of different models. If you own a business, you business owners, take my advice. If you want happier, more productive employees, then you need to seriously consider getting X chairs for your entire staff. It's a very reasonable investment, and it'll pay huge dividends. X-Chair is on sale right now for $100 off, $100 off. Go to xchairlevin.com, that's xchairlevin.com. Or if you want to call, maybe you're sitting in your car and so forth in traffic, call 1-844-4X-Chair, 1-844-4X-Chair. Now, X-Chair comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Go to xchairlevin.com now. And by the way, if you use code Levin Footrest, Levin Footrest, you'll get a free footrest too. Xchairlevin, xchairlevin.com, code Levin Footrest. Khashoggi. I don't know if he was a journalist or not. I don't know if he was an opinion writer or not. The Washington Post is not very clear about what role he played, quite frankly. They're just not. 
Uh, if people want to look into his background and try and figure out if he had an attachment to the Muslim Brotherhood at one time, which he did, and now he's more of a secularist, according to the Washington Post, honestly, I have no idea. He was brutally assassinated in the, in the uh, consulate, the Saudi consulate in Turkey. Do you know there were six murders in Chicago over the weekend? Six murders. Now, I know none of them were journalists or contributors to the Washington Post. But who are they? What are their names? Who are these human beings, these Americans? Who are they? How old are they? What are their names? What do they look like? Not even one minute. They don't even put their pictures on TV. What about their families? I mean, I could go on and on here. I watched this from a distance. Of course this was a murder. Of course the Saudis did it. Of course they should be punished. But we should destroy our entire ability to protect our own country and our allies now and cut off the Saudis? Why don't we do what Obama did? And give $150 billion to the Saudis the way he gave them to Iran. Iran slaughters journalists all the time. Tortures people all the time. They execute people left and right. Or maybe Cuba. Last time I checked, Obama opened an embassy in Cuba. They kill people too. They torture people too. You jackasses in the media. If you're concerned about human rights, why don't you prove it for once? Now quote me on that. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark LEVIN. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So I'm watching this debate between Ron DeSantis and Gillum, uh, both running for governor in Florida. And Jake Tapper does a lousy job. You know, he pushes the left-wing narrative. They never ask questions. Related to capitalism, private property rights. They never ask questions. 
about sanctuary cities, separation. of They never ask. It's always, well, he asked about the $15 minimum wage. Of course, Gillum supports that. Everybody who's tried it has regretted it. Seattle tried it. It was a disaster. It's a disaster for the employees. It's a disaster for small businesses. They go out of business. You've been to a McDonald's lately? You see all the kiosks that they're building? That's to get around the $15 minimum wage. And others are doing it now as well. The left doesn't know how to create things. The left only knows how to destroy things. So Gillum supports a $15 minimum wage. You know what else he supports? Medicare for all. Do you understand what Medicare for all means? You folks on Medicare, it means Medicare for nobody. Medicare for all means Medicare for nobody. It means Medicare as exists today, even for people who are in their 70s and 80s and 90s, will cease to exist as it exists today. Because they're going to put tens of millions of other people into it. Change the system altogether. They want government-run, top-down health care. They can't seem to figure out how to run the Veterans Administration. They can't seem to figure out how to make Obamacare work. So what do the left do? Well, they nationalize more things and they control more things. That's their answer to everything. They just don't have enough government. They just don't have enough taxes. They just don't have enough control. But it's always that way because it can't work. So Gillum wants to destroy Medicare. Now he talks about Medicaid. There are 800,000 people. If they would just expand Medicaid in Florida, 800,000 people. So we left $6 billion on the table. Here's what he didn't say, and Jake Tapper didn't bother to follow up. After the first few years under Obamacare, where these states bought in to expanded Medicaid, and many of these red and purple states did, but not all, but not all red states, then you don't know what the government's going to contribute to the state coffers. A state, at least theoretically, could wind up paying 100% of it. It's not free money anyway. The taxpayers of Florida are also federal taxpayers. But this is what we're talking about now. $15 minimum wage. Medicare for all, which means Medicare for nobody. Massively expanding Medicaid in a state like Florida which means the people of Florida are going to be left holding the bag. It's only a matter of time. But probably the most remarkable thing that came out of that debate, again, no thanks to Jake Tapper, who did a really lousy job, was Gillum. Gillum did not deny that local and state law enforcement would not work with ICE. In other words... Let's say you have a criminal illegal alien, a criminal alien in a state prison in Florida. One of two things happens after that sentence is served. Only one of two things, as DeSantis pointed out. You either turn them over to ICE and the feds to be deported, or you let them loose in your communities. And Gillum refuses to turn them over to ICE. So he would... He would wind up letting them loose in your communities. Is this not a big issue to Floridians? Cut 20, go. 
Well, will you honor a request from Donald Trump's ICE agency? If they provide a detainer request, will you honor it as governor? Will you, you work with Donald Trump? You yes can or no? proceed with your time. He won't answer the Jake. That's important because that's what happens when somebody's Jake, a criminal. You, if, I've if been a prosecutor. Like I've worked with law enforcement. When they're in the system, they're convicted. Maybe they serve 10 years, but it comes time to come out. There's a detainer request from ICE. You either turn them over to ICE or release them into the community. That's the only two options. Andrew will not answer the question. Detainers, that tells me, let me he would be willing to release them okay, back like into our like community. The well, and of course, I, I just think the, the showboating is unnecessary. Now stop there. There's no showboating, pal. And I found a lot of that during the course of the debate. These cheap shots, these uh, these dismissive comments, there's showboating. There's no showboating. Go ahead. What, 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 what we will do is we will follow the law. If you commit a crime, you do the time. If through the adjudicatory process and a judge issues a warrant for arrest or movement into an ICE facility, not that is exactly what we would Stop. follow. Stop. That's not the way it works. A judge does not issue in order putting somebody in the ICE facility. The individual has done time. They've been charged. They've been prosecuted. They've been found guilty. They're sentenced. They serve their sentence. Now you have to open the jailhouse door. Is that person going to wind up in a yellow bus? A yellow ICE bus that winds up deporting that person? Or is that person going to walk out that jailhouse door and go into your neighborhood? That's the question. And obviously, Gillum takes the latter position. This is a big deal. It's a big point. He's so radical. He doesn't want you to understand the process, but that's the process. You either turn them over to the feds to deport them, because states can't deport people, or they're loose in your community. So $15 minimum wage, which will bankrupt many small businesses or chase them off. And by the way, is harmful to many, many people who work, for instance, in the uh, hotel industry, the restaurant industry, and so forth. And the elimination of Medicare under the guise of health care for all. And a massive expansion of Medicaid, which is health care for poor people. You know, the other thing is, when you're a state that has all these illegal aliens coming in, and Florida's one of them, and Texas is one of them, and so forth, and you're saying, you know what, we're going to pay for all the health care and medical care related to this and, and so forth and so on. You're going to be attracting more and more people who need more and more state benefits. So you're expanding the welfare state while you're expanding the number of people who are on the welfare state. These are just a few issues that will utterly destroy a state like Florida or a state like Texas. They'll destroy them as they have these other states. It's a big deal. And yet you wouldn't really understand it because Tapper never really followed up. He didn't drill down. He had his own agenda. And of course, he brings up the agenda of the Democrat Party in Florida. I'm just using this as an example immediately tried to paint DeSantis as a racist. Which is so sickening and outrageous. But that's what they do on the left, and the left being the media and the Democrat Party. That's what they do. Meanwhile, once again, you have an African-American running for the Senate in Michigan. 
and he's conservative, and he's a capitalist, and he believes in the Constitution and the rule of law. He doesn't get the kind of attention that Gillum gets. Why not? Well, you know why. It's the, the media mentality. We talked about the Khashoggi matter briefly. I'm trying to figure out how this story winds up being about Donald Trump. How does this story wind up being about Donald Trump? And where do the media get off claiming the moral high ground? When human rights abuses all over the world, right off our border, take place every day, involving far more than one individual, mostly go underreported or not reported. How many stories did they do about torture and political prisoners in Cuba when Obama was opening an embassy in Cuba? Very few. How many stories do they do about the genocidal police state in China? Very few. Very few. We're not responsible for what took place in that Saudi consulate in Turkey. Of course, we react to it. Of course, we should do what we we feel we need to do in order to address it. But we didn't do anything. The blood isn't on our hands. Yes, there's a lot to be outraged about. There's a lot to be outraged about. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, uh, if you don't get in line behind the media narrative, you come under brutal attack. Like Sebastian Gorka is coming under brutal attack. He doesn't follow the media narrative. And others don't follow the media narrative. I don't follow the media narrative. I follow my own conscience, my own principles, my own belief system. I look around the world. The coverage of this Khashoggi matter, as horrible as that murder is, is well beyond the kind of coverage that other human rights abuses that take place in this world, which are far more extensive and systemic. How many other people have been murdered by the Saudi regime? I'm sure many others. Do we know who they are? No, we don't have the foggiest idea who they are. Do we know how many? No, we don't know how many. Well, why not? Because the media could give a damn. That's why. They could give a damn. As I speak to you right now, there are black Christians in the Sudan who are being slaughtered and raped and tortured in the most horrendous ways. There are black Christians being slaughtered and tortured and raped in the worst ways in Nigeria, in the Congo, by these radical black Muslim organizations and groups, terrorists. Have you heard a word about that in the last two weeks? Anything at all? Anything. 
Have you heard about how Hezbollah and Hamas torture and murder their own people? If they don't toe the line, have you heard any of that? No, you haven't heard a damn thing about it. Iran, the Iran deal. Our government facilitated the delivery of $150 billion to a terrorist regime. Our president at the time, Obama, oversaw and was intimately involved in every detail of the delivery of $1.5 billion in foreign currency under cover of darkness, delivered on an airplane, a non-American airplane, hoping that it wouldn't be seen to the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, which has one of the highest execution rates in the world. Obama didn't come under criticism from the same people who are involved in criticizing our president, who's had no role whatsoever in any of this. So the media use it to attack him? The media use it to attack conservatives? I think I read somewhere the, uh, the pro-Saudi conservatives. Who are the hell are the pro-Saudi conservatives? Somehow I wound up in that group. Mr. Producer, have I ever said anything that makes me a pro-Saudi anything? I said nothing the last two weeks. I wasn't on the air. The media are diabolical. They're disgraceful. I don't know of anyone, it's possible, who's making any excuses for what the Saudi regime, which is an incestuous, throwback regime. I don't know anybody who's making any excuses for the brutal assassination of this journalist. But what people are asking is about the coverage. On the one hand, it's nonstop. On the other hand, are they reporting everything about the gentleman who was murdered? You're not allowed to ask. And you, by the way, while you're at it, don't ask about climate change. Don't, you can't ask. Don't ask about anything. Now, they're legitimate policy questions. Can we debate those? Is the president right when he says... I'm not going to forfeit a $110 billion purchase of American military armaments, which the Chinese or the Russians would sell otherwise. Why is that a controversial statement? The purpose of that sale is to benefit us. If it purely benefited the Saudis, that would be one thing. But it benefits America. I mean, as I said earlier in the program, what the hell? We opened an embassy in Cuba. It's a police state that tortures and murders. President's been attacked because of his hard policies on China. I told you Iran has one of the highest execution rates in the world. China has the highest execution rate in the world. Ask the Tibetans. Ask the other religious minorities in China. Ask any of the political dissidents how they're treated in China. And these aren't real trials that take place in China at all. All right, so what should we do? 
What should we do? These are legitimate questions that ought to be engaged, discussed, and policy thoughtfully considered. But who's knee-jerking around now? The media and the left. The president must do this. The president must do that. Presidents have 13 different positions on this. It's a non-American citizen in the Saudi consulate, Saudi territory, within the country of Turkey. Within the country of Turkey. I despise the Saudi leadership. I despise the Turkey leadership. Despise them all. But I know how dishonest the media are. When my name is thrown around, when I'm off the air for two weeks, as if I said something, which I didn't, as if somebody at CRTV who said something is uh, monitored or managed by me, which he's not. That's your media. It sucks. And I'm not involved in any whisper campaigns. I have a microphone, for God's sakes. Eight and a half million people can hear what I say. What's a whisper campaign? I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. This is the nation's town hall meeting. And you can join in at 877-381-3811. In the final hour of uh, every show this week and next week, we will have an individual who's running for office uh, who I strongly support. Uh, so you can hear from them, and I can encourage you to support them all over the country with uh, your financial support. And in your particular districts or states, um, to rally behind the person. It's just not enough to vote on your own anymore. You've got to get on the phone like your precinct captain and contact family members and, uh, and, and friends and colleagues and neighbors and make sure they vote or we're going to lose. And we're going to lose more than the election. We are, it's not even slowly but surely. It is quickly and surely we are losing this country. We are losing our country. And all you have to do is vote. The vast majority of countries in the world, you can't vote. Or you can vote and it doesn't matter. It's a joke. 
I don't worry about is there a blue wave or not a blue wave or a red wave or not a red wave or what's your prediction? Well, I have no prediction. Just get out and vote. Well, here's my prediction. If there's more of them than us, we lose. If there's more of us than them, they lose. And we win. That's how it works. You know, now that I've been sleeping on my Casper mattress for several years, I'd pick it over every mattress I ever had. Helps me get the best night's sleep, period. And I need that mattress. Given the lower part of my left back and disc issues I've had there. Once you try Casper, you're going to love yours too. Casper is a high-quality mattress at an affordable price. I sleep cool and comfortably every night, thanks to the unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and alignment. Now, Casper ships right to your front door for free in a small, how do they do that size box? It really is fascinating. They'll even pick it up if you don't love it and refund you everything. So there's no risk whatsoever because they have complete confidence in it. You know, if people were returning this mattress all the time, there wouldn't be a Casper mattress. They would have been out of business years ago. From its engineering to its packaging, to letting you try it for 100 nights, it's no wonder Casper has over 35,000 five-star reviews of all their products across Casper, Google, and Amazon. They're copycats out there, but that's exactly what they are, copycats. This is the original. This is the best. Put Casper to the test in your own home for 100 nights, risk-free. Just go to Casper.com and use code MARK. Casper.com, code MARK, and you'll get $50 towards the purchase of select mattresses. So you can put it to the test. That's Casper.com, code MARK, for $50 towards the purchase of select mattresses. Casper.com, terms and conditions apply. So go ahead and order it. Even if you've just been kind of noodling it, well, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. Order it, take your current mattress, lean it against the wall, and try the Casper. I'm betting, I'm betting big that you're going to love that Casper. And so are they, by the way. None of these strip store malls, uh, malls uh, they don't do any of that. Let us go to Israel in Morristown, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Yeah, hello. Thank you very much for fighting the good fight on behalf of all of us. Been all a right. long-time student of yours and, and enjoy everything that you say and agree with 100% about the danger that we face now with what's going on in Washington. And there has to really be a better way of doing things because if we just go out and vote without a strategy to win, there is a really great danger that we lose it all. And there is an opportunity now today with electronic media, although it's not powerful enough, the, the, new, the new media, but with, uh, together with talk radio, if there would be a partnership, it could be a tremendous force in changing what we well, have Well, talk here. radio is not free to just spend all its time partnering with a political party or something like that. So that's an impossibility. <clears throat> and what I'm saying here is... We have millions and millions of people listening to this program. Let's, let's pretend right now 5 million people are listening. If all of you listening to me right now make sure that 5 or 6 people vote on Election Day, we will have a massive landslide. I talk? No, thanks for your call. I don't know what he's rambling on about, talk radio, partnering with somebody or other. 
First of all, let me explain talk radio. Talk radio is not this. You know, it's not it's not the uh, this isn't the Wizard of Oz. We're behind the curtain. There's talk radio and there's Mr. Big and all the rest of it. And and uh, there's the person behind talk radio. Talk radio is hundreds, if not thousands of local, regional and national hosts. The vast majority of whom don't know each other. That are owned by different businesses, different companies that have different affiliates. So it's not like, hey, talk radio, let's all get together and work with so-and-so. It doesn't work that way. So it's not rational to begin with. That's number one. Number two, if that's what we did, then we wouldn't be talk radio anymore. We'd be GOP radio. I don't want to be GOP radio. My whole point in the first hour is this is an election about us. You need to go out and vote. I'm talking about partnering with this one or that one. Each and every one of us has power. Each and every one of us has power. Let's just do things differently this election day. You take it upon yourself to make sure that four, five, six, or whatever the number of individuals in your circle, family circle, church or synagogue circle, your uh, employment circle, family circle, I think I said, that they vote. That's all. And we will swamp them. They won't know what the hell hit them. It's very, it's not complicated. Very simple. Not complicated at all. Jay, Bakersfield, California, the great KSFO. Go. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've, on the whole Kosoji thing and Trump, right? I'm really disturbed. It's disturbing that, uh, you know, Trump throughout it, right, has, uh, he's repeatedly, it's an investigation, number one. Number two, he repeatedly defended uh, the Saudi rulers throughout it, okay? He's not even leaning on our, on our own intelligence. You know, it's like a default. First of all, what you're saying is dishonest. He has said over and over again, he wants to know the facts. This is a moving target. That's the way it is. He wants to know the information. He wants to know the facts. You see, unlike you and unlike these cheap shot reporters and commentators on TV, this president has a country to run. And he has to figure out as best as he's able to what's in the best interest of the United States of America and the citizens of the United States of America. So he's not just going to call a talk show or, or get on a cable show or, or pop off about, about this, that, and the other. And he's, he, he's been sort of adjusting his message as more information comes off, uh, comes in, and as he gets more advice on what to do. Plus, there are things going on in the Middle East that he's involved in and his staff's involved in that you and I can't even imagine. So what do you want him to do? You want him to say, the royal family's guilty? I know they're guilty. We're cutting off all relations with them. Would that make you happy? No, that's not what, oh, I totally agree on the first part of what you said, but that last thing that you just said a second ago, you're right. It's an investigation. My, my, the big point is, you know, it's not over. Get the information, number one, and then make some decisions, right? But he keeps defending those guys, the Saudis. These are not nice guys. These are really bad guys. They do a lot of bad stuff. And why are you going? Why do you keep defending those guys? Why, why does who keep defending those guys? Trump, I despise Trump, those guys. He, he, he I don't think them. he's defending those guys. I mean, again, I I've been sort of observing this from afar over the last uh, period of time since uh, since the Turks put out the information that he was murdered. 
<clears throat> I don't see him defending those guys. If he's defending those guys, why did the old man, the king, step in and take the power back from his son to try and deal with this situation? Well, he, he, you know, he's already come out several times. First, he came out with that rogue excuse early on. That's that's so that's so wrong. You know, you have no evidence yet. Okay, let me talk rogue. Why are we so focused on this? Well, because it's important. It's about truth. It's about reality. honestly. It's not that important. It's a horrible thing that took place. A horrible thing that took place. But I, I hate to say this because I know it'll be twisted in four thousand different ways. But for the United States, it's simply not that important. I mean, giving $150 billion to the Iranian regime, which killed, which was involved in killing thousands of American soldiers, that to me is a big damn deal. But, you know, the media and the left supported that deal. Obama supported that deal. That is a terrorist regime. That is an enemy of the United States. Now, I'm not making any excuses. This man was slaughtered in a horrific way. Great. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. But I don't know why uh, the coverage <clears throat> is, is, is so massive. And neither do you. I'm just looking for truth, period. Okay? And well, I you're want- a great man, no matter what they say. All right. Thank you, sir. The truth is the Saudis murdered him. That we know. And do I believe the royal family was involved? Certainly part of it. Certainly the crown prince, in my view. How the hell did they do this without knowing? Some of them were his right hand. One of them was his right hand henchman, I believe. One of his intelligence guys sends his top forensic guy over there. Is there really any doubt about this? No, there's no doubt about it. But we'll wait for the investigation. We'll get all the facts, you know. But what do you want the president to do? He says that there are going to be severe uh, severe ramifications, but he's not cutting off the military sales. So what else do you want him to do? I'm quite serious about this. I hear the criticism. Any suggestions? What do you want him to do? And uh, I understand the Washington Post is all worked up about this, and so are other media outlets. I got it. I understand it. And I understand that people are upset about it. I don't like it at all. I think it's outrageous. I'm no fan of the Saudi regime, and I never have been. But I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the reporting is over the top in the sense that it is nonstop. And there's so many other things going on in this country and the world that at least deserve some attention. I don't know that they'll ever get to the bottom of this. Hopefully they will. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, we have a tremendous economy right now, just as an example. Which is exactly why the media will not report on it. Unless, of course, they racialize it. Unless, of course, they racialize it. But we have a tremendous economy right now. Record employment. The lowest unemployment rate among black Americans, Hispanic Americans, 
Asian Americans ever recorded. Overall unemployment of under 4%. When was the last time that happened? You have GDP over 4%. My friend Sean likes to say it's the highest amount of time. It's not. We had it at 7.5% under Reagan, but it doesn't matter. The economy's chugging along. It never chugged along under Obama. Obama tries to steal credit for it. The media don't report about this. They don't want to get the word out. But you're experiencing it yourselves. You're experiencing it yourselves. Isn't it a big deal? Our economy is a big deal, is it not? What's going on in the economy is great news. But it's no news to the news media. Now, I'm not going to spend all day on the news media... But the problem is, unlike the past, the news media is part of the ideology, part of the Democrat infrastructure that pushes this agenda and pushes these policies and has involved itself in this election process. All the free media that the left receives, all the free media that the Democrat Party receives, I mean, talk radio and Fox, we can't even come close to the rest of the media in terms of size and reach and market share. We fight tough. We have our brass knuckles, but that's not my point. Have you ever thought about the word education? It means to lead forth. The word forth raises another question. Which way is forth? How do you know you're going in the right direction? The easy answer is it just depends on which way you want to go. That would be the liberal answer. My friend, Dr. Larry Arnie, president of Hillsdale College, my dear friend, says young people almost always say that and that they've been taught to say that. But you and I both know that that's the wrong answer. Let me tell you about a place that leads forth. Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, they understand that the true education means pursuing the highest answer to the question, which way is forth? Hillsdale students are challenged to discover the right way forth by reading the greatest books by the greatest minds in history. And they learn the meaning of the three ultimate and related things, the good, the true, and the beautiful. Hillsdale holds a unique and important role in American education today. I strongly encourage all of you, my listeners, to learn more about this remarkable institution. Take you two seconds. Just check them out at levinforhillsdale.com. If Hillsdale didn't exist, we'd be talking about how we need such a university, wouldn't we? That's levinforhillsdale.com. Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Just check them out. All right. Let's take another caller. Let's go to Douglas, LaGrand, Oregon, XM Satellite. How are you, sir? I am absolutely perfect, my friend. Let me get off of Bluetooth and turn my radio down. All right. There we go. I have a senior that is a, she's a senior at Pepperdine Law, and I have a freshman at Hillsdale. There you go. Because the freshman at Hillsdale was listening to me, to you, through the past six years of her life, and she chose Hillsdale over any other college that I could afford. Well, that that is that is wonderful. Go ahead. I I'm can't sorry. Wait till this Thanksgiving and Christmas to hear the rhetoric back and forth between Pepperdine 
and Hillsdale. Not even close. Because you, you personally, and Bill O'Reilly are on the list that my senior at Pepperdine cannot produce any of her private reading from. Wait a minute. Your senior law student at Pepperdine is not able to read what? My book, Men in Black? Not None of your books. You none of my are books. listed as a personal reading. She has to produce a certain amount of hours, a certain amount of credits. I, I'm a mason. I lay block, brick, rock for a living. I've done it really hard my entire life to provide my kids a better life. And you've done but beautifully. There. Yeah. And in our library, all of your books were there. We took a family vacation to get you to sign one of my books oh, man. at the Reagan Library. Thank you. It was a highlight for me. Thank you. But she got to her professors at Pepperdine, and they will not accept any private reading responsibilities that involve you Bill O'Reilly, basically any conservative out there. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you they haven't read any of my books. I don't even know if they're able to, quite frankly. Thanks for your call, Douglas, and uh, you're raising wonderful children. That's obvious. Thank you. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Well, I want to tell you why I wasn't here the last few weeks. First, I want to tell you about my father. Now, many of you probably feel like you know my dad in many respects. I've talked about him a lot and my mother. You know, uh, my father wrote and illustrated six books starting at the time he was 85 years old. And his last book comes out on October 30th. And he had written and illustrated a book in 1965. He was an artist, he's an author, very small businessman. Most of all, he was a patriot. You know, uh, this first book, Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address Illustrated, there's a preface that I wrote. And in order to write it, I interviewed my father. I don't mean formally, but I needed to know more about him and our family. I learned a lot. On July 4, 1937, my father Jack was 12 years old, and a neighborhood buddy, he and they, and the two of them, walked several miles from their homes to the parade route where the city of Philadelphia was celebrating our nation's founding. And the route stretched from Center City, Philadelphia, not too far from Independence Hall, to the Philadelphia Art Museum, which Sylvester Stallone would make famous in his Rocky movies many years later. One of the dignitaries in the parade 
caught my father's attention. A Civil War veteran. A Civil War veteran. And he sat on the back of a four-door convertible dressed in his old Union uniform, including his campaign hat. My father remembered it vividly. And behind him marched a small group of Spanish-American war veterans. But of all the soldiers, the veterans, the marching bands my father saw that day, that Union soldier stood out. And young Jack had read somewhat about the Civil War in school, but seeing that soldier in the flesh intrigued him. The soldier would become seared in my father's mind. The most costly war in American history had become real to him. Thus began my father's lifelong journey of self-education and patriotic preaching about this great nation's history and founding principles. Now at a young age, my father had a knack for drawing, designing, and inventing. When he was 13, he designed an automobile window invention for a contest the Philadelphia Daily News was conducting in conjunction with the release of the movie Young Tom Edison starring Mickey Rooney. He was one of only five winners citywide and earned a trip to the 1939 New York World's Fair. At 15, he submitted an idea with drawings for animating the story Christmas Carol to the Walt Disney Studio in California. The studio loved it. And they asked that he provide more examples of his work, including humorous cartoon drawings, and he did. Then they contacted Jack's parents, my father's parents, my grandparents, and asked whether they would allow their son, 15 at the time, to join Disney Studio. They would provide him with dormitory space and schooling at their facility while he was working for them. But his parents, concerned about his age, turned down the offer. Now, my father grew up during the Great Depression. His family was very poor. His father, Harry, worked at part-time jobs when he could find them, often as a bartender. His mother, my grandmother, Sarah, worked in a cigar factory. Jack was the eldest of four children and the only boy. And when he turned 16... After the school day ended, he would walk to the cigar factory about a mile from their home, apartment, if you will, where he worked until midnight, earning the going rate of $17 a week. On the weekends, my father took freelance jobs with furniture frame manufacturers, sketching frames to upholster sofas and chairs. He had no formal background in any of this. He was paid $2 for a set of three drawings. The manufacturer's salesmen used the finished drawings with their customers. A few months later, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. Jack spent the summer working at the Cramps shipyard in Philadelphia, where they built destroyers and submarines. But he wanted to do more for the war effort. Like so many wonderful young men at the time, my father decided to enlist in the armed forces. He wanted to be a cadet in the Army Air Corps, which today we know as the Air Force. But he was only 17. He was too young. So he got a copy of his birth certificate from City Hall. He rubbed out the five in 1925, his birth year, and he wrote in a four. Just like that, he'd reached the legal age requirement of 18. Now, if he could pass the rigorous Air Corps exam, he was in. 
10 would-be cadets took the exam, including students from the University of Pennsylvania. But only four passed, including my father. And not long thereafter, as my father was boarding a train to Biloxi, Mississippi, for basic training, a soldier stopped him and told him the lieutenant wanted to see him. The lieutenant, who had taken a close look at the birth certificate, asked Jack how old he was. While my father told him the truth, the lieutenant wasn't very happy, but he told him when he turned 18, he could join up. And a week after he turned 18, he joined up. And while in service, Jack would use brief respites to draw cartoons, which were published in a variety of newspapers. After the war, my father worked for a company making displays for store windows and trade shows. Around this time, he met a beautiful young lady, Norma Rubin. And the next morning, Jack told his mother that one day he would marry her. She was 17. Norma headed to Syracuse University, and so did Jack with help of the GI Bill. He earned his room and board by working in the cafeteria. But Jack's love of art and history would lure him back to his hometown of Philadelphia. And after much pleading by Jack, Norma returned with him, and they were soon married thereafter. My mother was a brilliant student. She graduated from Arcadia University with a Bachelor of Science degree, and they began teaching, she did, fourth and fifth graders in public school. My father enrolled in Philadelphia College of Art, where he majored in advertising and began experimenting with new ideas, in particular unique drawings and images of clowns. Well, it goes on. Eventually, they would start a nursery school and day camp. My father would uh, would build all the toys, the desks, and the chairs with his hands. He was a hell of a carpenter. And uh, for the camp, he would uh, maintain the pools. He'd strip them down every summer and paint them all by himself. He would mow the lawns all by himself until his sons were old enough to help him. And he'd get up at dusk, and he'd work till dawn, and so would my mother. They worked like hell. They worked hard, 20-hour days. You know, if you go to the Reagan Library, there's a portrait there of President Reagan The John Highbush placed on a wall. I remember it was 2011, October 1, when we went there. He was so honored. He adored Reagan. My father was a super patriot. Everything I am, everything I do, is because of my mother and father. After every radio show, my father would call me and he'd critique the show. And I was always the greatest radio host ever. My appearances on Fox, he really enjoyed them, particularly on Hannity. He said, that's the way to get him, kid. He's very worried about the future of this country. During the Republican primaries in 2016, I was back in Cruz early on. He liked Cruz, too. But then one night he called me and said, why the hell are you so tough on Trump? I said, you know what, Dad? Maybe you're right. He said, I like that guy. 
I like that guy. My dad was very excited about the book coming out on October 30th. I'm not hawking it. I'm just telling you. He was very concerned about the way our police had been treated by President Obama, by Attorney General Holder, by all these organizations. He was very upset about it. And like his other books, he was trying to provide lessons for young people about Americanism and supporting our institutions and supporting people who are upholding those institutions. And so his last book is called Our Police. And you can see he illustrated it. And um, it's a beautiful book. And he was also in the middle of writing his next book on the Declaration of Independence, illustrating it for young children, too. So... Now you know why I was gone. Because my father passed away last Monday from cancer. And as I embarrass myself here, he will be gravely missed by me and my family. And I want to thank you. He adored you too. He adored my audience. He's very proud of his son. He's very proud of all you patriots out there, too. I'll be right back. Lovin. All right. Folks, do me a favor. Don't call me about this. <clears throat> I, I appreciate each and every one of you, but... Uh, we got to plow ahead. That's what he would want. That's what I want to do. We're going to plow ahead. And uh, I saw some of what President Trump was saying during the break. I'll tell you, he's one of a kind. And we're going to miss him greatly when he's no longer president. I'm telling you right now, we will. He fights back. He speaks plainly. You know, when Harry Truman was president of the United States, he would speak in plain terms. He would use curse words from time to time. He would do all those things, right? And the Democrats on the left and the media praised him. Plain talking, plain speaking, Harry. So we have a plain speaking, plain talking Donald. He does it on Twitter. He does it on a campaign. And he's trashed. We're going to miss him after his second term is over. We are. My dad was right about him. And uh, <laughs> he used to crack up my dad, as he does me, because nobody, nobody gets under the skin of a leftist or a media type, one and the same, like Donald Trump. And that's one of the reasons you love him, isn't it? He, do, he doesn't give as good as he gets. He gives better, 10 times better, and it drives them nuts. And it drives them nuts. You do not have to agree with everything Donald Trump does. But one thing you do know, he loves his country. 
And while you might and I might disagree with him here and there, we agree with him the vast majority of the time, and we know his heart's in the right place. We know that's not true with Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. We know that's not true with Jake Tapper and Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. We know that's not true with the miscreants and malcontents who work at the New York Times and the Washington Post. This man loves our country. And you can see it and you can hear it. And his nominees to the federal bench have been outstanding. They've been outstanding. The left tries to paint him as mentally deranged. And the media takes the lead in this. The media really leads the Democrat Party. It's not the other way around anymore. The Democrat Party is the political wing of the modern media. Remember I said that. So when the backbenchers say, you can say, wait a minute, I heard that somewhere else. It's true. The media lead the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party actually follows the media talking points. They're not even one of the same anymore. The Democrat Party is the lapdog for the American media. The president knows that. You know it and I know it. And they get furious when you criticize them. I want to remind the people in the media that we have freedom of the press. No thanks to them. Thanks to those, those men who they denounce all the time. And I did say men. Those men who they denounce all the time who founded this nation. We have freedom of the press. They died for freedom of the press. But there's also this phrase, freedom of speech. The rest of us get to speak too. We may not have printing presses. We may not have blog sites. We may not have Bezos spending billions of dollars to to build us up and so forth and so on. But we have the right to speak too. And that includes the right to criticize the media. It's interesting, the media have no problem criticizing their competitors. CNN actually has a host whose entire job is to trash Fox. Brian Stelter, who's a scumbag, by the way. And I say that with all due respect. His entire show is based on attacking conservative media, attacking Fox. That's all he does. That's okay. But when you and I call them out, then we're dangerous. We're fascistic. We're like dictators. No, we're not. We're the ones who believe in the Bill of Rights. We're the ones who believe in the Constitution. And I do think after his second term, we are going to miss Trump a great deal. Because among other things, he's shaking things up. And things need to be shaken up very, very badly. Very, very badly. You know Trump loves the country. Can you really say that about all these media people who bring on these guests who trash the country? Who use racism to trash the country? Who call Trump supporters names? No, you can't. When we come back, we have a very, very important person that I want to present to you again person who can help us a great deal 
should he win his election. Remember, every day this week, every day next week, at least one candidate we're going to bring on who needs our financial support. And depending on the state and district, they need your vote, too. I'll be right back. Thunder on the right. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Renee from Boulder, Colorado raves about the brand new Genesel Sunspot Corrector. She said, I love the Genesel Sunspot Corrector. It is my go-to product every day. She said, I have sunspots and age spots and can see a definite difference in my skin since using it. You know, watch your sunspots and age spots and even red inflamed patches vanish right before your eyes. And just like Renee, you click or call right now, you'll get the Genesel Sunspot Corrector absolutely free just for trying Genesel for bags and puffiness. Watch those stubborn sunspots vanish now before you get busy with the holidays and those bags and puffiness gone. And for results in less than 12 hours, the Genesel Immediate Effects is also yours for free. Go to Genesel.com now or call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Order this week and receive Chamonix's Luxury Microdermabrasion, also free, uh, that rejuvenates and unclogs pores for instantly radiant baby soft skin. Order now and shipping is also free. Call 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com, 800-SKIN-604. One of my favorite candidates in this election cycle is a gentleman I've known for many years. He was Ted Cruz's chief of staff. But he also has his own uh, qualifications and successes as a solid Reagan conservative, 100%. And uh, he's smart. He's a cancer survivor. You know he's a fighter. He's got a beautiful family. And he's running in, I think it's the 21st District of Texas. It's a close race. My buddy Chip Roy. Chip, how are you, sir? Mark, I'm doing great. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, happy to be joining you from uh, Texas, where the Texans I know are all fired up and ready to be uh, defending against this assault from people outside of Texas. Just thanks for having me on. And your site is chiproy.com. I hope we'll have a Levin surge. He can use some cash so we can uh, get some ads up there in the last few weeks. Chiproy.com. Also, folks, in the 21st District. Isn't that it, Chip? That is. It's the 21st Congressional District in the center of Texas. And I uh, appreciate uh, you saying that about my website. We definitely we're spending every dollar. The uh, Democrats are under full assault here. And I got to tell you, I was out today early voting. I was at a rally with Governor Abbott twice, one in Austin, one in San Antonio. He's obviously now gone down to Houston with the president and with Senator Cruz. It's been a great day. Uh, We've been all over the uh, district. People are fired up. But I'll tell you, early voting numbers are really high, really, really high. They've smashed all records on, I think, in areas that indicate that on both sides of of the aisle, if you will. So we've got to do our part to get the vote turned out, because if we turn out, we win. Yeah, early voting in Texas has started, as with other states. And ladies and gentlemen, if you hear me right now, really don't put this off. Get out there and vote. And you know what? Early voting was set up by the left to try and uh, and uh, change the system. You can take advantage of it, too. Go ahead and vote early. And the more uh, people who do that, the better. Now, tell us, uh, 
how your race looks in your district? Well, uh, you know, it mirrors in many ways Senator Cruz's race, uh, and it is a, uh, you know, tight and, 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 and hard-fought but very winnable race. Uh, with the support of your listeners and a lot of good Texans, we feel good, but we feel uh, that it's going to be necessary for everybody to show up in order for us to win. My opponent, as I think you know, is a, uh, uh, a very liberal Democrat, very liberal, who uh, served in the United States Army, and I thank him for his service. But he uses that to try to claim centrism and to claim independence as he's running in his ads. But there is nothing centrist and nothing independent about somebody who has already said he would vote to impeach Donald Trump, who's already said that he would undo the tax cuts, who's already said that he would put in place a carbon tax, who's already said that he wants to regulate guns. He wants single-payer, government-run health care called Medicare for All, and he wants to take away resources from the Border Patrol and give them to other countries. And I can go down a long list, but he is trying to run as a centrist, and he's not. But I think the people of Texas are seeing through it, just like they're seeing through Mr. O'Rourke's uh, efforts to uh, claim centrism. And if that's centrism, then we're in San Francisco and not the center of Texas. And a lot of these leftists in Texas and Florida and these other states are really trying to disguise and camouflage their true hardcore left-wing agenda, aren't they? Oh, I mean, I can't even begin to describe to you how much uh, we're seeing that both with Congressman O'Rourke as well as my opponent and others. Uh, the Democrats very purposely went out and recruited leftists who could run because they may have worn the uniform or otherwise could uh, run with the veil of centrism or moderation because they know liberalism doesn't sell in Texas. And I'll tell you something, Mark, that I think you'll, you'll appreciate, as will your listeners. You know, and I've mentioned this to my opponent, he never has a response. Why would my opponent or why would Beto O'Rourke not want to run in Texas for governor or state rep or senator to do all of these socialist things where at least it's constitutionally reasonable to have the debate? But they know that stuff doesn't sell in Texas. So the only way to win, the only way, is to go team up with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the rest of the leftists on the coast who are trying to buy off Texas with $38 million of money, and that ain't going to work. They're not going to buy Texas because Texans are going to stand up on the wall. Well, they figure if they can knock off Cruz and knock off you and some of the other conservatives in these districts, that they'll eventually own Texas and then own the country. And that's why it's very, very important that certain states like Texas, Florida, and so forth, that we really have to win these states and as many of these seats as we possibly can. Now, you're a solid conservative. I assume you would join the uh, Freedom Caucus. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I've already uh, publicly um, uh, said that I would join the Freedom Caucus. I've supported Jim Jordan in his race for speaker. Uh, I fundamentally believe that his campaign to, quote, do what we said we would do, hardly something that should be earth shattering, but unfortunately in Washington, D.C., it too often is. And we all know when we get out here on the campaign trail and you and your listeners know that the failures in Washington stem from their failure to do what they said they would do. That's why Trump is successful and why people are uh, proud to support him is because when he says he's going to do something, he endeavors to do it. But Republicans in Congress fail to do that. They failed to repeal Obamacare. They failed to balance the budget. And they run away from border security. And the consequences are dire. We're seeing people with two and three and four times the cost of their health, health insurance premiums. They can't get the doctors of their choice. $21.5 trillion of debt. And now we're seeing a caravan of 10,000 people coming to our border 
because our guys won't do the basic job of a sovereign nation to defend the border. That needs to stop, and we need congressmen up there who aren't just Republicans, but are conservatives who are fighting for our constitutional values, and that's what I intend to do. You know, uh, Obama is in Las Vegas, Nevada this evening. And he's telling the crowd there, remember who started the economic recovery, meaning him. Is this man unbelievable, this Obama? I mean, um, first of all, that he's out campaigning the way he is, uh, violates all traditions, but that's what he does. But even more than that, to literally lie about his record and to literally lie about who's responsible for economic growth. We saw for... Over eight years, really, you go back even into the Bush administration, right? We had a decade of economic growth that was on average, and you know this, somewhere in the 1% to 2% range, depending on the year, which was causing the continued stagnation, was causing the lack of the ability the availability to have the jobs that we need, the lack of economic growth, which obviously harms the deficits and debt as well. And now what are we seeing? We're seeing 4% economic growth. We're seeing the United States for the first time in a decade labeled as the most competitive nation on earth, right? We're seeing, uh, you know, jobless claims at all-time lows, but not just for everybody, but for groups like Hispanics and black business owners and other folks that we're seeing incredible successes. And that is not rocket science. If you leave money in the hands of the entrepreneurs and the business cre- you know, creators, if you leave money in the hands of the American people, if you do your basic job of governing, then the Americans, there's no limit to what we'll do. We put a man on the moon in 1969, 10 years before the Department of Education ever existed. It's extraordinary what these leftists think government does when it does the exact opposite. You see, folks, this is why it's very, very important that on election night, Chip Roy become an elected United States representative to the House of Representatives, because I'm convinced you'll be a conservative leader in that body, Chip Roy. It's chiproy.com, chiproy.com. We wish you the best. I want to strongly encourage everybody who lives in the 21st Congressional District in Texas, vote tomorrow, vote the next day, get out there, vote as early as possible, get it done. But more than that, what we talked about the first hour, if each one of you make sure that four or five other people vote, we will crush the opposition. We have eight and a half million of you listening. We have many, many people listening in Chip Roy's district. If you do that, you make sure your spouse or your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or if you're, if you're older, your children, your grandchildren, your friends who you work with, your neighbors, say, come on, let's go vote. Vote. And you'll make a huge difference. It's chiproy.com. Any final words, my friend? Yeah, Mark, I'll just say one last thing, and that is the power of your listeners and the power of strong conservatives across the country. It's resulted in the election of, of Mike Lee instead of Bob Bennett, of Ted Cruz instead of David Dewhurst, of Rand Paul instead of Trey Grayson. It resulted in Donald Trump getting elected. And if, if, if all of those 8.5 million people gave 10 bucks, you have $85 million of money going to strong conservatives that would keep us from having to go kowtow to K Street or the uh, leadership establishment and instead represent the people of this country. So please get involved, vote, spread the word. Thank you for all you're doing. And Mark, thank you for what you do for freedom, for the Constitution. We're winning. We just got to keep the fight. God bless you. Thank you, my friend. You take care and good luck. God bless you, Mark. So let's uh, let's put chiproy.com up there on my social sites. And those social sites, uh, for everybody, I own those social sites. They're not part of any media company. 
Well, you're not allowed to do that. I'm allowed to do whatever the hell I want to do. Those are my social sites. Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. I would encourage you to uh, to support Chip Roy, and we'll be bringing conservatives in all week and all next week as well. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. You need to check your state for early voting. It's very simple to do. I think there's early voting in Florida right now. I would strongly encourage you to get out there. I mean, you really have choices uh, in some of these states. Texas, you have these radicals versus these constitutional conservatives. you got the same in Florida. This guy, Gillum, is pretending to be a moderate. He's pretending to be, yeah, what's the big deal? Uh, you know, DeSantis is showboating. I'm not for that. I'm he is a radical leftist, Bernie Sanders guy. And I I know there's a lot of liberals in Florida, but there's a lot of non-liberals, too. I mean, if you really want that kind of government, just move back to New York. Or New Jersey. Or Illinois. These blue states are all over the place where they kill businesses and kill jobs and have massive tax rates and so forth. I mean, I don't understand. People flee those states, they go to red states, and then they vote and make those states purple, if not blue. It's crazy. It's irrational. But then again, they're liberals. So that explains a lot. Fall is officially here. I actually love the fall. I love the cooler temperatures, the breeze. I don't like the winter. Can't stand the winter. Can't stand the snow, quite frankly. Actually like the heat, like in Florida, but I like the fall, too. So fall is officially here, and temperatures across the country are starting to drop, right? And after a long summer of running your air conditioning, the time is quickly approaching to start running your heater. And as temperatures begin to drop in most of the country, you will be running your heaters. The National Weather Center is saying that the north and central part of the United States will experience a colder October than in years past. Now's the perfect time to consider servicing your system and replacing your HVAC filters. We have the perfect company to help you make your life that much easier. Filterby.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. You choose from over 600 sizes, including custom options that ship free within 24 hours. Plus, they support working Americans manufacturing all their filters right here in America. Save 5% when you subscribe for auto replacement, so you'll never forget to change out those filthy filters that's pushing that filthy air through your home and replace them with fresh, clean filters. Filter Buy will save you time and money and help you breathe better. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. And by the way, tell them Mark sent you. There are buddies over there at Filter Buy. All right, Tina, St. Paul, North Carolina on the Mark Levin app. Go right ahead, please. Hi, I just wanted to call and let people know if we don't vote, we're going to lose our freedom. We've got to vote Republican, even though there's some we truly don't like. We've got to do it. Uh, let, me, let me underscore your point, because in a lot of elections, I say no. No, 
I'm not voting for this one. This is a different kind of election. The radical Democrats are so dangerous to this society that we may may even have to vote for some rhinos just to make sure they don't get elected. That's your point, right, Tina? Absolutely. And the media is so complicit with the Dems, and they are going to cause us to lose our country because they hate Trump so much. Mm, And they hate us. Yes. They trash Trump supporters. They trash conservatives. And look, they trash Republicans, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not even talking about what he did with Angela Merkel, um, Angela Merkel in Germany with the gas. Yeah, he's going to they're, they're now going to buy a whole bunch of American gas. Thank you, Tina. You know, who they're counting on you ladies in the suburbs. They're counting on you voting Democrat or staying home. They think they own you, you women in the suburbs. You ought to turn out in force and vote for the conservative slash Republican because they really take you for granted. They stereotype you. They're radicals on abortion. They figure you're a radical on abortion. They figure you don't like Trump's tweeting. Therefore, they figure you're a sucker. They are counting on the women in suburbs, particularly wealthy suburbs, not to vote or to vote against Trump by voting for a Democrat. All you conservative Hispanics out there, they don't even think you exist. I'm reading story after story. The Democrats are concerned about the Latino vote. They won't show up. All of you who are conservatives and Latino, show up. Vote. Surprise them. They stereotype you. They think they've got you in their back pockets. Casey, Las Vegas, Nevada, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. I'm so happy to get a hold of you. I love you. I love your show on here. I love your show on Sunday night. It's like Thank my you. favorite thing, Sunday evening. Thank and you. I missed you. I missed you a whole lot. I missed the beginning of the show, so I don't know where you've been. But I was hoping that you'd taken the time off to go work for Trump. You kind of threatened to do do that a little while ago, and I was so excited. But I wanted to tell you that I riled up five friends Saturday morning, and we went down to the mall in Las Vegas to get in line. There was a line. We've been praying a lot about this. There was a line for about an hour. We stood in line to vote for all the Republicans, and we stood there, and we Googled every judge, and we, we checked them all out. And so now I have a whole list. And all my other friends that couldn't come, they're asking me who to vote for, who to vote for. So, yes, they are coming Casey, out I have to go, out. but that is perfect. You're a precinct captain, self-assigned. That's outstanding. I need all of you to do that. Seriously. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. And I want to thank you all. I, uh, I truly do. I'm greatly blessed by you. And I will see you tomorrow. Take care. Take care. 